rabbits, rabbis, and typos, it's Pun Intensive. And welcome to Pun Intensive. Today we're going to try to theme this episode a bit, because we have two, count them, two special occasions to cover over the next two weeks before our next episode, Passover and Easter. You can expect us to pay tribute to both of them in this episode. But first, let me introduce you to this episode's punnel. I am your hostess with the mostest Twinkies, Little Debbie's bigger brother, bringing zingers of all types, Aaron Faisal. What country is the home to Orly Airport, Arc de Triomphe, and this guy's hometown? France is. Francis McGrath. Actually, you're from Massachusetts, right? Pittsburgh. That's what I said. All right. Doing a halica job keeping this podcast going while wearing his dungarees, Gary Halleck, and searching for T2 answers and everything else, David Guggenheim. Yeah. <laughs> we begin with Zinger of the Week. Zinger of the Week. True tales and testaments of the wit in word perpetrated in real life by ours truly. Uh, let's start off with musician former champion of the O. Henry Punoff and judge several years running, Francis McGrath. So this will actually fit in good to the is it a pun discussion. I was at a restaurant. They had a lot of craft beer there. And there was a beer that I really liked called Temptress. So the waiter came over and I said, I'd like a Temptress and a beer. So <laughs> I think that's a pun because in one case it's an imperial stout, but it's a capital T. And in the other case, it's a woman. But is that really a pun? Am I using a proper name mm -hmm. that is taken from a mm -hmm. regular noun? Is mm -hmm. that still a pun? Oh, you're asking. I'm asking. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought you were. Well, you know what? Since we're doing introductions, I don't care. But we okay. can talk about that in just a second. I'm teasing supposed you. supposed to be a zinger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. That's, that's totally cool. Well, actually. I already zanged. Yeah, but uh, we, we can. Actually, we should bring that up when we talk about is it a pun. Okay. But we're going to move on to a formerly future producer of the O. Henry pun off. In other words, this year's pun off producer, as well as the previous five, David Guggenheim. Hi. Earlier today, I took a nap. And sometimes zingers and puns, jokes, come to me in my sleep. And this one, I woke up and um, tell you a little bit about the dream I was having. I was in someone's house. I don't know whose it was. It was a rather small house. And Gary Halleck was there. And he was lying on the uh, sofa, taking a nap in my nap. And there was a woman in the room. And she made some comment about us making terrible puns and headed for the door and as she opened the door to walk out of the small house Gary said people don't go out that way and she turned and said why not and I said well they usually die in automobile accidents <laughs> you know nobody can verify whether or not this was a real dream <laughs> I'm not even sure that's a real pun but you were there you might be your worst nightmare <laughs> And currently former producer of the pun-off, not to mention my co-producer, Gary Halleck. I pulled a great zinger the other day on Bill Kreider. We all know and love Bill Kreider. He sits on this panel quite often. And he and I get together sometimes and move tractors and trailers and stuff around. And he was over at my place 
unloading this big trailer and we were out there cranking the jacks up and putting these things over here and doing this and everything and he says now you need to watch this so when i pull forward that it don't doesn't drag on the on the ground and and i said oh you must have learned that from that fantasy film how to terrain your dragon (laughs) i have one um and, and, and by the way, I think I forgot to mention my name is Aaron Faisal, host of the show. My little guy wants to be a YouTuber, is what he said. What do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a YouTuber. And so I said, what, you want to be a Native American potato? Yeah, that's the reaction I got from him to a, a Ute. Okay. We get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was the sad part. You got exactly the right amount of laughs for that joke. And uh, Gary, uh, you said you want to do a second one. You got a good Joel McCall impersonation. (laughs) Well, the whole point of Zingers is to keep your eyes open, keep your ears open, and keep your memory open to remember times when you've used a pun in real life. And it happens to me all the time. And even though they're not necessarily really great punny moments or anything, I was over at Goodwill the other day looking for something. And my phone rang and somebody said, where are you? And I says, well, I'm over at Goodwill hunting for something or other. And I, I'm over at Goodwill hunting, at Goodwill hunting. What, what? It just came out of my mouth that way. You know, it's like, I'm over at Goodwill hunting for something. <laughs> but it just came so naturally. It, it actually it actually took me by surprise, which is my favorite kind. <laughs> Excellent. We are going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we will make every excuse we can think of not to be near you, so sick around. <laughs> and we are back. We have four middle-aged or so gentlemen sitting around the table, experts in dating, uh, and uh, so we're we dating ourselves, we're inundating. <laughs> I'm the only one here who's not married. Well, actually, we're going to. We're yeah, going. I'm the oldest one here, and I don't want to hang around with all you old guys because I'll get coronavirus. We're actually going to be playing a game about undating. Uh, it's known as "It's Not You, It's Me." Let's come up with some examples of what we would say if we were breaking up with a veterinarian. It's not you. It's me. I've been putting you down. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Too Uh, far in the first one? uh, Well, I don't know. It's It's not you. It's me. There's a reason why I can't perform with you, and I believe in calling spade a spade. Oh, gotcha. It's not you. It's me. I I don't really want to break up. I just want to put this relationship on pause. (laughs) It's not you, it's me. I don't think there's any way we can fix this relationship. It's not you, it's me. It's every time you say that we need a pause, I say you do claw your way out of it. It's not you, it's me. I've always something thought something was very fishy about this relationship and it made me go ick. She told me when I was going to break up with her, she says, I knew there was something wrong with you. <laughs> When when, when uh, made you go it? Did she say? But I'm a nice gill. It's not you. It's me. When we talked about getting more serious, and you suggested a prenup agreement, I just couldn't support these claws. Oh, I like it. It's not you. It's me. I'm out of money, and I can't stand it in the feline. It's not you. It's me. I hate how you 
spammed everybody in the country. You can't fax a nation. <laughs> it's not you, it's me. I have nothing to transport my dog in. I guess I'm not really a carrier. It's not you, it's me. You want to have an open relationship, and I want to be your mange guy. It's not you, it's me. I met somebody else. It was at that all-night party with Irish people, that McLaughlin. Making a Sarah McLaughlin joke here with her sad... That's that's my definition of a millennial, a person that only knows Sarah McLaughlin as the sad dog lady. I told her we were going to break up, and she says, you got to be kidding. <laughs> I let her go. <laughs> got a dear John litter? <laughs> She said, well, I, I didn't, know, didn't realize you were going to break up with me. I, I couldn't read the signs. And I said, well, that's because you're on a signs diet. <laughs> you said, I am? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, was, that was really terribly sad. You did, however, end up dating someone else. It was an unusually short relationship, though, when you had to break up with this person. Well, it turned out uh, the person you were breaking up with was an airline pilot. Oh, because just couldn't cope, pilot. <laughs> Said, I really, really love you, but I can't have you in my cockpit. <laughs> I can't take it anymore. You're just really running me through the winger. I can't stay with you. I can't be with you anymore. You have too many hanger-ups. It's not you. It's me, babe. I got a jet. Uh, it's uh, not you. It's me and... Uh... I've met somebody else, and I really feel like I can propel her. That was my pilot voice. (laughs) (laughs) It's not you. It's me. I'm too competitive, and I airfoiled again. Uh, Yeah, this is uh, your pilot again. It's not you. It's me. I uh, sullied the relationship. I'm sorry. I just can't stand to be with you any longer. You're just so Boeing. But that's all right. I'll bounce back. Boing, boing, boing. It's not you, it's me. It's that other woman, the way I always seem to pipe her up. It's not you, it's me. Bye, plane. (laughs) (laughs) For those of you listening to this, you missed seeing his hand wave as he said bye. (laughs) It made it much funnier. (laughs) I asked her. Which is why everybody didn't laugh. I asked her after she, after we broke up, I said, are you going to be sorry? And she says, nah. She says, nah. Mm. Let me sign the divorce pipers. It's not you, it's me. I know you had a choice of boyfriends, and I know you'd like to. <laughs> uh, it's not you, it's me. Uh, I just don't feel like we're united. <laughs> It's not you, it's me. I, I just can't take all this turbulence. Um, oh, I, I wish I were good at accents. I do this in a British accent. <laughs> it's not you, it's me. It turns out I love a Tory. Lovatory. Lavatory. Lavatory. I was going elevatory. <laughs> it's not me, it's you. You You just have such a... Bad altitude. <laughs> uh, it's not you, it's me. Uh, there's just no more joy in my stick. <laughs> Wait, what? oh. No more joy in your stick. <laughs> she asked me 
why did we want to break up? And I said, I'd rather not stay. Uh, it's not you. It's me. I just can't stand the way you flap your mouth. It's not you. It's me. And you don't like the way I mess her, Schmidt. <laughs> Fucker. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, and so, we moved on. And so, and so you did move on, but you did stay within the transportation industry. <laughs> and you ended up getting in a relationship with a train engineer, Tell us about how you broke up with that person when that turned out not working out. She couldn't stand the smell of him because he had so much B&O. It's not you. It's me. I'm just not tender enough for you. It's not you. It's me. I like to collect model trains, and I'm kind of Lionel Richie. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's not me. It's you. I just can't stand the sight of your caboose. So you moved on from that relationship real quickly. But Another you, caboose sighting. You still, you still stayed in the transportation industry. This time you were dating a ship's pilot. A sick pilot? A sailor. Oh, ship pilot. A sailor? I never touched her. <laughs> a sailor? I'm not even a suspect. She said, it's not me, it's you. But I don't harbor any ill will. We're just not in sync. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> She asked me why we were breaking up, and I said, I'd rudder not say. <laughs> hey, it's not you, it's me, and I'm sure you'll find another buoyancy. I was afraid to tell her why we were breaking up, because I thought she was going to kill me. Remember when I broke up with that airline pilot, and I waved goodbye? I remember that. <laughs> And? He waved goodbye. She was... (laughs) (laughs) I thought... Talk about a callback. (laughs) Rudder. I hardly know her. (laughs) No, I mentioned earlier when I broke up with the airline pilot, she was so Boeing, you know. (laughs) She made you starboard? (laughs) Yes. She made made me go overboard. (laughs) It's not you, it's me. I ran out of toilet paper and had to take three sheets to the wind. <laughs> yeah, I broke up with her, but, you know, I told her it meant a lot. I really had to tank her. She wanted to know how come I didn't want to see her anymore, and I said, yacht to be able to figure it out. I've been trying to come up with a yacht pun for <laughs> ten minutes now. Yahtzee! <laughs> and you didn't have one yacht? It's not me, it's you. You're way too stern. Take a bow. <laughs> you drink too much port. I had to break up with her because she reminded me of that veterinarian I used to date, you know, and the, and the catamaran ran away from me. <laughs> it's not you, it's me. I can't stand all the peer pressure. Oh, good. That's because she spends all the time down at the wharf house. It's not me, it's your pants. I can't stand your dockers. It's not you, it's me. I'm scared of rope. I'm afraid not. She said to me, can you tell me why we're breaking up? (laughs) Because I'm so overboard. Okay. I'm going to go to the ore house now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, at that point you decided you were never going to be in any relationship ever again. And so we're just going to go ahead and end that game. But we are... We're shallow water and we always argue on Roe versus Wade. (laughs) (laughs) 
we, we, we are going to come back, but when we come back, we are going to address something that we started to talk about a couple of weeks ago. Just get around. And we are back. We're back with our Is It a Pun segment. Today's Is It a Pun segment is going to be led by Gary, so I'm going to toss it to him right now. Gary. Boy, do I take this literally. Is it a pun? The question was asked in our initial episode, should we call this segment Is It a Pun? Well, for the one of a better title, we decided to call it Is It a Pun, and we always refer to the for the one of a better title, but I really do like to explore why is it a pun or isn't it a pun or how could it be a better pun? And how could we milk it for all it's worth? If you remember from our previous episode where we ventured into homographic homophones, words that both sound alike and spelled alike, we were experimenting with connecting two words together to make a two-word phrase or a three-word phrase that where both words are homographs or and homophones of themselves. And one of the little exercises that my brain detoured on there was, at what point does a word diverge far enough from its origin to become its own separate independent word and then it becomes legitimately a pun of itself mm-hmm. and there are a number of a number of them i think that are like right on the cusp right at the tipping point of of whether or not they could be considered a pun and of course we have to deal with this all the time on stage at the world championships pun off where we insist that people deliver us something that passes as a pun but it's a very gray area, especially in the heat of the battle, when you've got people that are scraping the bottom of the barrel for for words that have come up on the topic. And then as an MC, have to be the arbiter of whether or not that is actually diverged far enough from its origin to become a real pun. And some of the two-word phrases that I came up with in our previous one, and I'm going to go ahead and consult my list here, but we're not going to talk about the homographic part of it as much as just the fact that I have two word phrases that in some cases here are homographic homophones, mm-hmm. but we'll, let's pick them apart a little bit and figure out, is this word the same word or is it a totally different word? And if so, why? And if it's far enough from its origin, is it a legitimate pun? Mm-hmm. The term upsold, for instance, if you say we had some DVDs of some old Disney movies and upsold. Okay, so Up is the name of a movie, mm-hmm. so that's legitimately not the same as the word Up as a direction, Up right. up versus Down, right? Right. Everybody agree so, that, that? So, so that takes me back to the point I brought up at the Zingers. So in that case, we're using Up with a capital U, mm-hmm. and it implies going up because that's what they do in the movie. But you're mm-hmm. saying what I felt, that a proper noun description of something mm-hmm. changes the meaning enough to make it a pun. Mm-hmm. Well, upsold also has a different meaning in that it's to sell somebody something that's more expensive than what they intended to buy. Yes, but that is up the direction. It's like further and farther. One is direction and one is distance. Okay, but the, the, what, I'm, what I'm actually wanting to address here is the proper, the proper name up as a movie title. Uh, a lot of times we, we go on stage at the pun off and the topic would be like movie titles or something. Mm-hmm. And so people will just throw out the name of movie titles and not even necessarily make a pun because it kind of becomes a, a memory test of how many movie titles can you come up right. with that sort of sound like this topic. 
So that that's basically, I just wanted to touch on that, just sort of address it. On the phone the other day with David, I uh, used the term roller coaster. And I said, this is a homographic homophone right there. Just accidentally, we were in the conversation, we used the word roller coaster. And I said, there's your double pun right there. Roller coaster would be like a slacker who makes his own cigarettes. He's a coaster who rolls. Mm-hmm. But or a slacker who plays craps. Yeah. But in both instances, it's like rolling, like the rolling of a roller coaster or rolling of a cigarette Mm -hmm. or rolling the dice. That's the same verb. It's the same action, roll. Mm -hmm. So is that a pun? Would that legitimately diverge far enough from its origin to become a legitimate pun to say that someone who is a slacker who's rolling his own cigarettes, would you let that pass, David? A slacker who rolls it. If the the setup made it a pun, I would let it pass. Let's take another example, then. Let's not beat to death the roller coaster here. (laughs) Um, Fashion plate. Do you know the term fashion plate? No. Plate? Fashion plate. Right. You know the term? Yes. Someone who's influential in the fashion. Yeah, it's it's a bit archaic, and I had to look it up. And I, I have, you can't have archaic and eat it too. But if you put it on the plate, you can try. The fa- a fashion plate is a reference to someone who looks like a fashionable person who you would see in an illustration. Mm-hmm. So it is literally an illustration plate or a printing plate. So the plate in fashion plate refers to a printing plate, but it got it got transformed over to talking about a person who is a fashion plate because they look so fashionable. If you call someone a fashion plate, say the topic is kitchen utensils, Mm -hmm. and someone makes a reference to fashion plate there, that's totally different because it's a plate that you eat off of or a plate that you would cook on or serve as a dish. And a printing plate, everybody recognizes that is distinctly different from, uh, but it's the same word, then 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 what? Somebody uses the term fashion plate and assuming it doesn't go over everybody's head or whatever, how if would you If the topic is clothing and someone says, does Heidi Klum eat off of a fashion plate? I would say, yes, that's very much a pun. Okay. Now, the word fashion, as in a verb, to fashion something, to create something, mm-hmm. and this is where it becomes a homophonic homograph mm, to me. I see. If you uh, would a would a, a potter throwing clay on a wheel, fashion plates. Yes, and that would right. be a pun in That's that a category. That's a double pun. Speaking of archaic terms, do you know the term stem winder? No, no. Is it, some it, ty- is it a type of snake? Uh, no, it's. I I had to look this up too because it's 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 a long boring speech. And, I, and if, if anybody should you know about these, if anybody should know about these, I should know. <laughs> Tell us more uh, about <laughs> stem winders, please. It, it, so many of these archaic terms, they're, they're, they're much more intriguing than you think. It, if you are listening to a long, boring speech and you wonder when, is the, when the hell is this going to end, you take out your pocket watch and you look at your pocket watch to check to see what time it is. Damn, the time is going by so slow. Is this watch running? You twist the stem mm. winder mm. on your oh, watch sure, sure. to make sure that it's running. Right. So, so, so the, for all the millennials out there, a watch <laughs> is a device to tell time that used to be mechanical and not synced to your phone. Yeah. And earthlings <laughs> are so amazingly primitive, they think the digital ones are a pretty neat idea. Okay, okay. so, so I got you the come away from somebody's long, boring speech and you say, man, that was a stem winder. Usually would be referred to like a, a preacher making a long-winded speech or something. That was a real stem winder. Okay, so I, I picked up on that term stem winder. Okay, stem as in a flower stem, 
right? Mm-hmm. But okay, a it, stem it, it, and, uh, to me that's the same use of the word stem. Okay, okay. So if you if you combine it with with stem winder. Like, say, you've got a, a real strong breeze that's blowing a flower and it twists the stem of the flower around in knots or something like that. So that big, strong breeze becomes a stem winder. Oh, but, but that's not... I don't think you're punning on stem there because a stem being something that sticks out is... is yeah. Like the stem of a to. wine glass. The stem of a wine glass, the stem of a plant, the stem on a watch. Mm-hmm. It's all the They're same. They're all the same yeah. kind of thing. Now, do you know the term stem in, in education? Science, technology, something in math. Engineering. <laughs> Engineering and math. Now yeah. we're talking. Yeah. Now, okay, now that, that, that becomes a pun if you're, if you're referring to the, the acronym STEM, S-T-E-M. And now that word winder has wind in it, W-I-N-D, wind. And if you look far enough back, the word wind used to be pronounced wind. If you look in some of the old songs, the Gilbert and Sullivan songs, they rhyme. They rhyme it. They with, rhyme it with, hmm. as wind. Hmm. And so, and so I, think, I think that word wind actually may be related to the word wind. I haven't looked that up. Hmm. And then I went to the word second wind. Like if you get your second wind that, or, or second wind, like we, you're winding your stopwatch and you're watching the seconds. Oh, right? yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, just, just to prove that I'm going to kill myself here, here's the term suicide watch. <laughs> make make me a p- oh, what did Jeffrey Epstein wear to tell time <laughs> <laughs> um, the uh, this goes back to being a kid we used to go to the roller rink and have them pour one of each soft drink into the single cup mm-hmm. and that was called a suicide and we would mm-hmm. we well I don't have watch there we would watch <laughs> her do it but that's not hunting on watch at all if you no. if you were a lifeguard who had to stand over the uh, uh, cesspool, you might be on sewer side watch. <laughs> or if your stem if your stem got so twisted up in the wind that it was knotted, then you would say, "Not on my watch." <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's that's enough of that. Let's try another edgy one. Outdating. That's when you swipe left on Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> or right on grinder. <laughs> <laughs> Is that when you pour out so a no can of dates? <laughs> well, there you go. There's a perfectly legitimate pun, a can of dates. You open up a whole can of worms there. No, but actually the word dating obviously comes from let's make a date. It's, mm-hmm. it's a date. So it, co- it goes from being a page on the calendar to being an evening on the town. Totally, totally different use of the same word. It, it started there but it ends up over there and that's the point that's the point only point i wanted to make with this conversation is that that there is a tipping point for so many words that are like that even if you're not into looking up the origins of the word and studying the history or anything else you can pretty easily tell by where where a word started and where a word ended up that somewhere along the point there there was a tipping point where it became a so a totally independent word so so just to kind of put a bow on it i guess we say a, a pun is not a pun if the origins of the word you're punning on resulted in the word that you came up with, right? Is that a way of putting it? Sounds plausible. Okay. <laughs> you, uh, yeah, okay, I'll cut that out. So <laughs> well, if nothing, I learned how to milk duds out of this. <laughs> <laughs> well, you said we opened a new can of worms there, and I just wanted to point out I saw that worm trying to climb a flower. He was a stem winder. He was a stem winder. (laughs) 
Somebody open up a winder. <laughs> so we're going to go ahead and take a break. But when we come back, we're going to give the Hubba Bubba Gumslinger a run for his money. So stick around. And we are back. As mentioned earlier, the following couple of weeks before our next episode will include a few holidays, including Passover and Easter. So that inspired the next Pun Slingers topic. Are you guys ready? No. All right. In honor of Passover and Easter, the topic is religious holidays, not Christmas. <laughs> oh, so not Christmas? So right. a little Xmas then, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, Francis, you're a uh, Star Wars expert. Uh, wasn't there a character named Hanukkah Starwalker? Absolutely not. I think you were thinking of Hanukkah Solo. Can, can, we, can, can we invoke all seven spellings of Hanukkah? <laughs> Chinooka hookah. Okay. Chinooka hookah baka. I, I'm sorry, I'm not ready. You'll have to pass over me. Is that a pun? Pass over. <laughs> so it fits my proper noun, non-proper noun rule that I was talking about. Because... Uh-huh. The name Passover comes, comes from, from passing over, passing yeah, over yeah. but oh. Passover itself is a different thing. But, uh-huh. Yet we're still ignoring the used rule. Actually, <laughs> yeah. the, the funny part there is the holiday itself is a pun, right? It'll come at any Pentecost. And if it's Easter, it'll come again. When I was in elementary school, they were always threatening to beat me up. You know, this get, and, and uh, he, he said, I said, when are you going to beat me up? He says, Wednesday. I said, oh, you're going to, it's going to be kick-ass Wednesday, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so I do not like witches. I like neither. <laughs> I like neither Western nor Easter. <laughs> you know what Satan's favorite ho- holiday is? The infernal equinox. <laughs> Inferno equinox. Going to burn in hell for that one. So I went to the store the other day to buy toilet paper, and they were all out of toilet paper. I said, well, you're going to get some more. He says, well, we'll get some good Friday. I bought a new calendar, and somebody had punched out all the Thursdays. It's holy Thursdays. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Did you get that one from Chad? (laughs) (laughs) So there's this castle, see? And it's named after the famous newscaster, Mr. Rather, see? <laughs> and there's this big battle over trying to get in there, see? So we had to ram a dam. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to try to ram it down our throats, are you? <laughs> ram a You said we can't use Christmas can't use Christmas even if we really want to. <laughs> Do you wish you could? <laughs> I wonder which one of which one is going to be the festivus to go down. <laughs> I would argue that's not a religious holiday. <laughs> Nobody knows. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a good pun. It's not about quality. It's about quantity. Isn't that that airline in Australia? Quantity. Actually, that's quality. I'm surprised you tried to palm that off. For all of those listening to this on a Sunday, that was funnier. 
What happens when the soda jerk runs out of cups for the ice cream treat? He'll just give you a palm sundae. Wash your hands real good first. (laughs) (laughs) All right, all right. I have one Francis will appreciate. What holiday does Mikey like best? Life Day. Nice, nice. Because Mikey likes it. Life Day? For those of you listening at home, (laughs) in 1978, there was the Star Wars Holiday Special, which might have been the worst program ever aired, and they were celebrating Life Day, which was actually referenced in The Mandalorian. The one where Chewbacca had to go home for Christmas? Yes, and and it ends with all the Wookiees walking into the sun. (laughs) Which... And it had uh, B. Arthur singing in the cantina and um, With our Jefferson Carney. Airplane. <laughs> Not Jefferson Starship? No, I think they were still Airplane then. Actually, you know what? I think it was Star- Starship. Oh, were they Starship? Yeah, because I think... Oh, it was before they were Starship. They were Jefferson mm-hmm. Starship. Boy, talk about diverging. <laughs> he brought we're, Star we're Wars. It's just going to spill diver- out of me. I'm sorry. We're, we're on Divergent so. Mary here, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Technically not Christmas. Wait, wait. What if Queen Latifah were Wiccan? <laughs> She'd be a solstice, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and with that... <laughs> And with that, we are, in fact, going to take a break. But when we come back, we're going to tell you how to deal with the common unfortunate outcome of Easter. So stick around. And we are back. It is time to... Head on out. Uh, But before we do, uh, we're going to plug a handful of things. Uh, First and most importantly, let's plug the O. Henry Punoff. David, when is the O. Henry Punoff taking place, assuming that it is, in fact, taking place? Well, you can go to punoff.com and get the latest news as to when it will be rescheduled. We cannot hold it on May 9th. It will be scheduled for a later date as opposed to totally canceled. And uh, because of his involvement for uh, almost 30 years, I do encourage everybody to come up and shake Gary Alex. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to check my palm Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> and Francis McGrath. If you cannot get enough instrumental music over trains, head on out to my website, <laughs> francismcgrath.com, or Spotify, or iTunes, or any streaming service. I have an album called Trains in the Night. It's my newest album. It's instrumental music. I also have an older album, Know Thus Days. That's all available everywhere. You can read all about the making of both of those on my website, Francis with an I, McGrath with a T-H, dot com. Brilliant. All right. And uh, do you have anything, Gary? Oh, Me? I've still got a granddaughter on the way. <laughs> another, another granddaughter coming up in September. And of course, by the time people hear this, uh, COVID virus is going to be old news. But it, it occurs to me, just sort of as a public service, I wanted to point out for those of you who have younger children, a, a, a cool website I just discovered the other day called washyourlyrics.com. It's pretty neat. You just type in the name of a song that your kids know. And then what it'll do is, it, it, is you can print out a chart and it'll show them how to wash your hands and sing the song in the in the thirty seconds. It's really cool. Well, right? So you don't have to sing Happy Birthday. It's a, exactly. That's, That's exactly the main reason I haven't been washing my hands. I cannot stand <laughs> to sing the Happy Birthday song. 
So if you want to know uh, more about Pun Intensive, the podcast you're listening to, you can uh, check us out on all sorts of social media. Of course, we are at punintensive.com. And if you have any more homographic homophones, keep them to yourself. I've got all of my need. <laughs> no, in truth, you can send it to episode 26 at punintensive.com. But yeah, instagram.com slash punintensive. I have a Facebook couple of those, but they don't sound the same or spelled the same. Can I still send them in? <laughs> sure, music, why not? Everybody else does. Our music comes from Dark Meat. Please rate us in iTunes. We could really use the boost in visibility. And so now we come to sage advice. A common and frankly terrible tradition this time of year is to gift the kiddos with a bunny or a chicken. Usually a baby chicken. Uh, hopefully you don't find yourself with an unwanted pet, but either way, being a pet owner is hard. So we thought this panel of veterinarians could give you some good advice about pet ownership. Let's start with Francis. I don't know how many times I've said this, but I'll say it again. Do not eat your dog, because then you'll pass her over. <laughs> <laughs> There's a throwback. Cool. Now, you know, uh, something I recommend doing, I do it with mine, is I, I, I daily feed her Chinese food. I like to walk my dog every day. Whoa. Oh, that's and, not funny. <laughs> I didn't say that so we eat sad. her. We make... Oh. We make Chinese oh, food oh, for her. Oh, okay. What was I thinking? <laughs> Why would I go to such a dark place? Gary Halleck. Yeah, well, you know, I I was given a, a baby chick for Easter one year, but I thought I was going to raise it, but I wasn't able to pull it off. Pu- wasn't able to pull it off. Oh, God. What a and tough audience. Wait, wait a minute. I'm not done yet. <laughs> oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> so my, my advice is if, you, if, your, if your critters do survive the Easter holidays... Don't take them to the beach, boys, because nobody wants to hear your pet sounds. There we go. Oh, right. nice. <laughs> Excellent. And David Guggenheim. Well, first of all, there's an old joke that a, uh, a priest, a minister, and a rabbit walk into the bar. <laughs> the rabbit said, I think I'm a typo. But, <laughs> I never heard uh, that. So he gave it to him. <laughs> so um, anyway, if somebody gives you a, a rabbit as a pet, Please find it a good home, because the last thing we need is another wild hare. <laughs> All right. And with that, we are done. I am Aaron Faisal. I'm signing off with a catchphrase. See you next time.